Go into uh, the book of Second Peter. But I just want to refresh your, your memory from last week. The, the I am a radical. Said I'm a radical. I'm rad. Hallelujah. The newest t-shirt production from Hope Harbor Church. I'm rad. Amen. And the I stands, of course, for immersion. Immersion in what? Immersion in the Word of God, where you saturate yourself and consciously apply the Word of God in terms of receiving it, uh, spoken over you, listening to it, reading the Word of God, studying it. The M, of course, stands for meditation. That's where you think about, ponder, dwell upon, but then you also mutter the Word of God. You actually speak the Word of God to yourself. That's what meditation is. And how powerful is it? Well, Joshua was told that if he will keep the book of the law coming out of his mouth, if he'll continue to meditate day and night, he would make his way successful. And how many know if he became a success, then the people that were following him would be successful as well. So it's important that you understand immersion, but also understand meditation. And then, of course, the R stands for revelation. If you meditate on the word long enough, what's going to happen to you? If you continue in his word, if you continue to seek his face, if you continue to dwell upon that word and meditate upon it, revelation is going to come to your heart. Some facet of understanding is going to come to you. How many have found out uh, you've been in the body of Christ long enough to know that you can't live off of somebody else's revelation? I mean, you can appreciate somebody else's revelation. And you can even say, wow, that's really wild. But you can't fully live off of that until that revelation comes to you. There are a lot of people that were born again before I ever got born again because I was taught that if I had received the sacrament of infant baptism and I got confirmed, then everything was okay. The grace of the church would cover me. Well, unfortunately, that's not a lie, uh, not just a lie. It's a, it's a damnable lie. Why? Because that's not how you enter into the kingdom of God. You must be what? You must be born again. So I could appreciate evangelicals, but I fully can't appreciate it until I myself have that revelation. I can see a lot of people walking around in the power of the Spirit of God. That's wonderful. But until you experience the baptism in the Holy Spirit, until you have that revelation, it doesn't do much for you. You can see other people that are confident and bold in the Word of God, bold in the things of God because they understand the concept and the, the Bible teaching of righteousness. But until you have that revelation, not much is going to change. Uh, and sadly, I see a lot of Christians live out their lives in condemnation, live out their lives in frailty spiritually because they don't have a personal understanding of that facet of Scripture pertaining to, to um, you know, righteousness. So say it with me, Revelation. The A stands for application, and this is where you, on purpose, do the things that you have been meditating upon and have revelation upon. The Word of God has the power in itself to bring itself to pass, but that power is not released because of immersion. That power is not released because of meditation. That power is not released because of revelation. That power is released because you've done it. It's not until you do what you have revelation on that the power of God is released in your life. And that explains why there's a lot of people who go to church all their lives and never have one breakthrough, never grow in the things of God, don't have enough power to lift a little pinky because they're not doing the things they've actually heard. Somewhere along the line, it's been missed in translation that if I just go to church and hear sermons, then that will be enough or that will somehow provide the power I need. Look, that's not how it works. You have to be a doer of the Word of God. Say it with you, I'm a doer. I'm a doer, not just a church attender, not just a sermon hearer, amen, not just an MP3 listener, but a doer. I'm rad.
And the D stands for demonstration. What does that mean? It means if you are immersing yourself and you are meditating on the word and you have revelation coming and you're doing the revelation, you can expect God to manifest in your life with demonstration. Isn't that wonderful tonight? If you do this, you can expect to see fruit in your life. You can see answers to prayer. You can see, you know, breakthroughs. You can see provision. You can see healings. You can see miracles and signs and wonders. And we didn't make that up. Jesus said that he would what? Confirm his word with signs following. Paul said, my teaching, my preaching was not with wise and persuasive words. Although, you know, we would say there's a lot of wise and persuasive words in there. <laughs> but he would say, that's not what I came to you with. I came to you with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So demonstration is critical. So that's the foundation for this next portion of, of teaching. And I want you to go to 2 Peter. I'm going to read this to you from the King James and the NIV. But uh, listen carefully. We're going to be talking about the first part of this chapter, but I first want you to go down to verse 16 because there is a, uh, uh, chapter 1, there is a, a real clear method here and a message that he's trying to get across to you and to me. And I guess uh, back up to actually verse 12 here. And let's read this. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know that you know them, and be established in the present truth. Yeah, I think it is meet as long as I'm in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Say remembrance. How many of the body of Christ has forgotten some things? That's why we're challenging you to return to the Word of God as one of the things you should return to. Knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as the Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. What was he saying? The Lord showed me I'm leaving soon. Before I leave, I want to make sure you understand this is what you need to remember. Peter began to develop in such a way that he, he was, in the end of his ministry, focused on a very powerful principle and teaching. And that teaching surrounded the, the Word of God and its authority in terms of your relationship with God. And the tapping into everything good and divine is through that Word. Now, that's perfect for people like us, isn't it? Say it with me, I believe the Word of God is powerful. Well, he began to teach on this, and he is now trying to stir their, their remembrance in anticipation of his departure. And he said, moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. Now, the King James Version just comes right and says it. Once I'm dead, I want you to remember this. Don't forget the things you have learned. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we were made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were what? Eyewitnesses. What does that mean? It means they saw him. They walked with him. They heard him. They followed him. They saw the miracles. They saw the resurrections. They saw everything. In other words, their senses got to partake of things that you and I have not been able to partake of. Amen. Even if we see miracles today, they're in a very special class in terms of their relationship with God. We call them foundational apostles. And even in the city to come, how many know they're honored greatly in the kingdom of God? We don't have a problem with that. But read on with me. He said, For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So they saw the Lord and then they heard the voice of God himself speaking over Jesus. This is what's amazing about this scripture. I keep this in mind. Say it with me. They saw him and they heard the Father speak over the Son. 
We have also a more sure word of prophecy, wherein ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. In other words, there's something more powerful than what we saw and what we heard. And you do well to take heed to it. Take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And what is he telling you, me, tonight by the Spirit of God? He's telling you that it's not what we saw him do. It's not what we heard that day when the Father spoke, but it is the Word of God that has the highest authority in your life. This is the ultimate authority. Now, that's something for you and for me to say that because we do that by faith anyway. But a man who actually walked with the Lord, saw him dead, saw him alive, heard the Father's blessing over his son, and to say that all of that is subservient to and inferior to the written word of God. Are you on the same page tonight? Say it with me the word of God, the highest authority. First place and final authority. This is astronomical for the person who has ears to hear. Because it tells you that if you hitch your wagon to this, everything's going to be okay with you. You're not going to be deceived in these last days. You're not going to be defeated in these last days. Amen. You're not going to be bamboozled. You're not going to get caught up in things that don't matter. And Peter's saying, you know what? I want to remind you of some things. You know, Peter didn't write a lot. But what he wrote was powerful. And he leaves this message with you and with me. Now, with that in mind, what he's trying to tell them is that certain things are brought into, introduced, and preserved in your life and growing in your life because of that word. Because of that word and the knowledge of God and the knowledge of his son that is revealed in that word. We're blessed people because we have so many translations. Amen. And so many ways to get into the Word of God. And so many ways to cultivate and develop our faith. So I want you to go back to chapter 1. And I'm just going to read this to you and then I'll refer back to it. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and of our Savior Jesus Christ. I love this verse because it tells me that what he's about to promise is for me. Say it with me. I have that like precious faith. Whatever comes next, he's talking to me. I get to enjoy the things that he's about to say. He said, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of our, our Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given us unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great precious and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature." having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they, may, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind, and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, ye shall never fall. Amen. Can you agree with that tonight? Yes. 
For so an entrance that shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. You see the connection there. What he's talking about is this highest authority, not what they saw in Jesus when they walked, not what they heard from the Father that day from the sky, but the Word of God itself producing in you and me amazing things. And so I want to give you these today, just share these with you, and let you just rejoice in the fact that He is building the divine on the inside of you. Amen? Do you believe that you're supposed to be imitators of God as dear children? This is how this is done. Why the emphasis on returning to the Word and not man's corrupted version, not man's redacted version, not the ones that say that this doesn't matter. I mean, we have major evangelicals telling people right now that, that Jesus the person is whom we should worship and, and we should follow certain that's true. We don't have to pay attention to the word of God because Jesus is the fulfillment of everything. Can I tell you something? Without the word, we don't know who Jesus is. Without the word, we don't know what God says about him. We don't know about his divinity. We don't know what he's going to do in the future. The word of God and God are what? Are one. Let me break this down for you. People want to hear about a Jesus that loves them and died for them. And then guess what? Everything goes and everybody's tolerant towards you and everything's just hunky-dory. The moment you introduce the word of God, you can't present a corrupted Jesus. You have to present a biblical Jesus if you're going to stick to the uncompromised word of God. Can you see this? Well, that's fine for churches like us, but others are so interested in placating people and pacifying people and not offending people. They're willing to offend God. Can I help you out here? It's better that we offend people than we ever offend the heart of God. And you offend the heart of God when you back off of either His Son or the Word of God itself. So write these down and let it minister to your heart. Why return to the Word? Because it is through the Word that you tap into the divine. There is no other way. You tap literally into the divine through the Word of God. And divine benefits come from the knowledge of God, and the knowledge of God comes through what? The Word of God. Not what they heard or saw, but the Word of God itself recorded for you and for me. Now write this down, the word divine. It's important we're all on the same page here. When you hear the word divine, it means of, from, or like God. It means of, from, or like God. The Word is what empowers us to be imitators of God. The key to the entrance of the divine into our lives is what we do with the Word of God. Transform, Romans says, through the what? Through the renewing of our minds. So we know that everything transformational is going to take place as the Spirit of God works on us through that Word of God and gives us and builds inside of us that divinity. What do we need right now in this country? More of Him. We need the divine right now because people are just whacked out of their heads. It shouldn't surprise us that we have all this nonsense going on. Amen. I mean, it's inevitable you're going to have sinful people doing sinful things. It's inevitable you're going to have people demonized and taken out on the most vulnerable of our population. And until... Everyone who has any power and authority in this nation understands that even when Abel was being threatened by Cain, God himself came down 
And Cain still chose to go ahead and slay his brother. And he didn't do it with a handgun or automatic weapon. What does that tell you? It tells you that the heart is the issue and will always be the issue. Do you see this tonight? And since you and I have, are not watching the complete restoration of this world and the transformation of the heart or the judgment of those who will not repent and serve God, we're going to have to come up with godly ideas to deal with these things. Amen. Say it is a matter of the heart. The divine is tapped into through the word of God. And notice what he does here. He says in this scripture, and I just want to turn over here to, uh, to the NIV with you. See What you got? The NIV right there too? You got the passion. Okay. You like this one? See what I'm talking about? We're blessed people. This letter is from Simeon, Peter, a loving servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to those who have been given a faith as equally precious as ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So he's writing to whom? Turn to somebody and say, he's writing to you because that's who you are. May grace and perfect peace cascade over you. As you live in the rich knowledge of God, and of Jesus our Lord. What's the first divinity that he is depositing here? He has given you and me through our knowledge of him, through the word of God, divine grace and peace. Right out of the starting gate, he's telling you that divine grace and peace is yours in abundance through your knowledge of God. In other words, the more time you spend in his word, the more you can expect his grace and peace to manifest in your life. What is grace? It's God's favor on your life. Say it with me. I have the favor of God. Favor refers to opportunities and open doors. How many of you believe you also have the blessing of God on your life? He took the, the uh, curse and he delivered you from the curse. He redeemed you from the curse and left behind the blessings. So now you're empowered to succeed. So now with the blessing, you have the power to succeed, but you also have the open doors and opportunity. Abounding opportunities. God has abounding opportunities for everyone in this room. God has abounding open doors. But he also has shalom for you. You know what that word means. It literally means nothing missing, nothing broken. So when things are missing, you're going to be abounding in restoration, abounding in recovery based on what you do with the knowledge of God. So when you take the word and you treat it with great honor, you should see more favor and more peace operating in your life. Come on, declare it right now. I have more peace. I have more grace operating in my life. I have shalom and I have favor operating in my life. And I'm just simply telling you this. You know, this is not rocket science to this church, but the more time you spend in his word, the more favor and peace you're going to have. And after that, it's a decision. Just like it was with Cain. Cain, sin is crouching at your door, but what? You must master it. Now make a choice. I tell you that you can have abounding grace and shalom, abounding favor and shalom, but you're going to have to do what? Make a choice. Go further into the knowledge of God through the word of God, and you can be abounding in favor and abounding in peace. Amen. Glory to God. God is, is good to us, isn't he, church? 
Anybody here could use a little more favor? A little more peace in this crazy world? Amen? You can. You can have a place of peace. You can have a place of rest. You can have a place of favor every single day of your life. Read on with me from the Passion. Verse 2. Everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by His divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing Him who has called us by name and invited us to come to Him through a glorious manifestation of His goodness. Can you receive that? What do you have in, uh, in addition to great peace and great grace? You have His divine power operating in your life. Think about this. Everything you'll ever need for life. Well, through this person or that person, through society, through social justice operations, you know, through, through this giveaway from the government or through this operation, through this businessman. No, through whom? Through the Word of God. Everything you need. Say everything I need for life and godliness through the Word of God. Amen. Think about anything you could possibly need while you're on this planet, and God says you can get it through His Word. Everything you need to be godly is what? Through His Word. See, somebody says, well, I just can't be godly. That's just too hard. You know, it's just, you know, we're all human beings. We make mistakes. We just can't possibly be godly and holy. Yeah, you can. If you're tapped into that divinity through the Word of God. Say, divine power. We're talking about divine power. Of and from and like God, divine power for your life and for godliness. Whatever you might need in this life, whatever you might need to continue on your, on your journey of godliness is available through the Word of God. Wouldn't it be amazing to be sitting down and listening to Peter talk about these things? <laughs> he probably knew a thing or two, didn't he? Amen. Say it with me. Divine grace and peace. Divine power. You can be everything God is ordaining for you to be. Everything. Through His Word. You're going to find out that the, uh, the most successful and, and, and most diligent and prosperous and, and excited and joy-filled and victorious believers on the planet are always going to be people who have great esteem for the Word of God. Amen. Not religion. Not church. Ecclesiology. Not polity. Amen. But the Word of God. I'm going to say it. I honor the Word of God, and God honors me. What could you possibly need done while you're on this planet? A lot. We don't need less power. We need, we need more of His power. Read on with me. I'm going to have to open your phone back up now. Because I don't have your face. I can't. <laughs> Saw me in clothes. <laughs> that was that. Read with me verse 4. As a result of this, he has given you magnificent promises that are all beyond all price, that through the power of these tremendous promises, listen to this language, through the power of these tremendous promises, we can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are of this world. Number one, divine grace and peace. Number two, divine power. Number three, divine nature that can cause you to escape 
corruption, not just the corruption that's going to be evident on that end day when there is judgment, but the corruption that you face every single day. There is nothing this world can whip up that you can't overcome with the word of God in your mouth and in your heart. Amen. No matter what's trying to take you down or entice you or tempt you or defeat you, you can have victory over all of that corruption because you have the divine nature being deposited on the inside of you through the Word of God. Sometimes we just don't think about all the amazing things God's doing as we're reading the Word, as we're obeying the Word of God, as we're sitting in church and the spirit of wisdom and revelation is operating. God's doing miracles in us. We escape the corruption. In other words, the divine nature is eternal. And look at somebody saying, so are you. The divine nature is supernatural. Turn to somebody and tell them, and so are you. We're talking about the concept here of God causing you and me to be righteous, but also to be glorified. The restoration of his manifest presence and power and goodness, the way it was in the garden. The, the measure of glorification you experience right now on the earth has everything to do with what you do with the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Well, I'm satisfied with what I have. Well, that may be, but if you're not, I know how you can get more glorified. Amen? Anybody here use more power of God, more goodness of God? Anybody here want more of His presence in your life? Yes. That concept of the divine nature is tapped into through the Word of God. No wonder Peter is saying, don't forget what I've taught you. No wonder he said, this is the Word made more certain. No prophecy is a matter of one's own interpretation, but holy men were carried along, amen, by the Spirit of God. We have a supernatural book. Don't let anybody lie to you. Amen? Uh, when you read and believe and act on it, it releases power and changes your life. But how many books are closed all day long? All year long. How many Bibles are never read? How many times does a believer not interact with the Word of God because they don't have this revelation? Sunday is just a nice little encouraging word, a little sermonette for Christianettes and they go home defeated. No, God has not called you to be defeated. God has called you to be more than a more than a conqueror. Say divine nature, divine power, divine grace and favor, and peace and shalom. And then uh, I love these verses. Look with me at verse 5 through 7 here. So devote yourselves to lavishly supplementing your faith with goodness. And to goodness, add understanding. And to understanding, add strength of self-control. And to self-control, add patient endurance. Add to patient endurance, add godliness. And to godliness, add mercy toward your brothers and sisters. And to mercy toward others, Add unending love. Since these virtues are already planted deep within and you possess them in abundant supply, they'll keep you from being inactive or fruitless in your pursuit of knowing Jesus Christ intimately. Say it with me. They're growing in me. The fourth category is divine character. The very character attributes of God. The very character of God is deposited on the inside of you and me as we interact with the Word of God. Can anybody say you need to be more godlike, more godly? Raise your hand if you could use a little more godliness. These virtues are deposited through your interaction with the Spirit of God by and through the Word of God. And they're, they're powerful all in their own right, but what the, you see here basically is a reflection of the very character of God. That shouldn't surprise us. That's what he's talking about. But see, the religion would tell you you can't 
attain to the character of God. That's a life in the pit of hell. The whole point of you being born again, exposed to the word of God, is that you would attain to the character of God. Whose image is he trying to make us into? His. Amen. Are we not supposed to become like he is through the Lord? Yes. And so what we're doing now is we're not there yet. Look at somebody and say, you're not there yet. I'm not. That's where you have to have the mercy, amen, <laughs> and the patience, because we haven't arrived yet. But day by day, we're becoming more godly, more of those characteristics should be operating in our lives. You can you know, kind of you know, parallel that with the fruit of the Spirit and the teaching in Galatians chapter 5, that there should be what? Love and joy and peace. Who do these things reflect? They reflect the Lord. Turn to somebody and tell them, more time in the Word. More of God's divine character. Stay out of the word of God and it's impossible for you in this life to reflect the character of God. Amen. Um, that's where you get things like integrity. That's where you get things like consistency. That's where you get things like honor and, and honesty. Amen. Um, I, I can tell you this, that uh, even in the small things, um, you know, our character as what it, as it really is what it is. But even the small things, that character comes out. Amen. And uh, anybody here ever been overpaid or given something back too much change? And for a split second, what did you think about? Thank you, Jesus. There's my harvest. Praise the Lord. No, that's not your harvest. That's somebody else's money. So what do you do? Now, the more you spend time in the Word, you don't want to be a thief. You want to be a giver. And I found out that just in, in operating in the spirit of the giver, it freaks people out. Some, some people don't know what to do. Uh, some of them refuse to let you bless them. Uh, some of them have been asking God for help, and, and there you are in the spot, and they're crying, and they're sniffling and snotting all over the place. Amen. But it's, it's an attitude that's derived from the very character of God. For God so loved the world that he what? That he gave. So if we're not increasing in a spirit of benevolence, the character of God is not being fashioned in us. We should be growing in these things. That's why the Bible talks about excelling in this grace of giving. The more you get into the word of God, you're going to want to be like the Lord and bless people and be honest about things. I remember in Hopkinsville one time, um, I didn't return this particular item because Kelly brought home a six-pack of Bud Light. And... Uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, I guess it was left over from somebody else's. I, I don't know, but I'm like, I'm like, all right, Kelly, you done, done, you know, <laughs> drove me to drinking tonight. Amen, praise the Lord. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I, I'm not walking back. I don't even what what store you bought it from. Do you remember from Kroger? I'm not going back to Kroger with a six pack in my hand <laughs> and returns to Kroger. That's just not going to happen. So uh, that particular blessing ended up down the drain, um, but. Uh, <laughs> Amen. I, I'd rather have the Holy Spirit than distilled spirits any day of the week. And I have an amen to that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there have been times where people have overpaid or over, over, you know, paid too much or returned too much to you. And, and what is that? It becomes a test of character. And if you've been immersing in the Word of God and meditating on the Word of God and applying the Word of God to yourself, you're not going to take a penny from somebody. Amen. Not out of religion, but out of what? Out of character as what? Reflected through the word of God. 
And so any kind of uh, character trait you see in God, he's wanting to build that in us. And that character trait will be developed as you relate to and spend time in the word of God, whatever it is. Um, if you're going to develop in, in your love walk, it's going to be because you understand what the word of God teaches about that and thrive in your love walk. And I tell you, there's a lot of challenges to our love walk right now. Sometimes we just want to haul off and smack people. Amen. The spirit of slap comes on us. Don't act like that never happened to you. And there are times when you want to yield to the spirit of slap. Amen. It's like the other day on an airplane, somebody kept messing with Mike Tyson, so he turned around and started punching him. You know that one punch from Mike Tyson can take you out of this world. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, you may think about doing what Mike Tyson does, but what happens is the Word of God rises up in you. and says, I'm a believer, amen, I'm a child of God. I'm supposed to turn the other cheek. I don't feel like turning the other cheek, but this is what the Word of God says. And you walk in humility and grace, even when something necessarily is not being done right to you. Where does that come from? Look, when you have the opportunity to get into the flesh, if you've not been in the Word of God for weeks and weeks and weeks, you're not going to be able to handle that thing with Christ-like character. I don't care how long you've been saved. It is not length of salvation that prepares you for those character tests. It's present-day relationship with God. It's being in His Word now that will prepare you for kinds of things that will, that will crop up and try to defeat you. And quite frankly, uh, it may feel good to your flesh, but it's not worth it. Amen? Say it with me. The character of God. The divine character of God is built in me through the Word of God. Where did you get that? Straight out of Peter's teaching. Which means if I'll spend more time in that uncompromised Word of God, I can have more, not less of His character. Look at somebody and say, we all have room to grow. Let's grow. Verse 8 uh, tells us this. Number 5, divine effectiveness. You will not be fruitless or unproductive, but you will be effective. Anybody here want to be successful? All effectiveness means is successful in producing a desired or intended result. Uh, the more time you're in the Word of God, you're going to have divine effectiveness. And we need that right now. Uh, in the church, through the mission of the church, in our daily lives, in our families, as spouses, as parents, as children. We need to be effective on the job. How many know our light needs to shine? If you're on the job and the problem comes up, you need to be the one who can fix that thing. And you can because you have what? The mind of Christ. You have access to the wisdom of God. Say it with me. I have divine effectiveness. Now think about that for a moment. How do you believe that God is effective? Can you be effective on the level of the one that made you? Yes, if you're doing what the one that made you tells you to do. Because he has all knowledge and all power. He has every ability. He has every insight. Glory to God. Amen. Uh, we need to be more effective than ever before. Amen. How many believe that God can make you more effective on your individual job than your own individual situation? Yes, He can. Through what? Through the Word of God. Say it with me. Divine grace and peace. Divine power. Divine nature. Divine character. Divine effectiveness. Number six, divine standing. He says, if you do these things in increasing measure, you will never fall. That's what we need right now, Christians who do not fall, who do not walk away, who do not give up, who do not compromise, no matter how much pressure they're under. Say it with me, I stand 
I'm like Jerry Savelle. Jerry, stand Savelle. Amen? Say it with me. I am standing. Well, how do you have divine standing? You have it because you've been in the Word of God. People who are in the Word of God and know the Lord through the Word of God, they stand. Other people are going to give up in these times. They're going to back off under all this pressure. Uh, if you want to stand in these last days, the supernatural ability to endure, to preserve, uh, to persevere, to stand no matter what, that's coming through your time and your relationship with the Word of God. Amen. Literally, and it's not 15 chapters a day, amen. It'd be better for you to read a small portion of Scripture and meditate and understand what you're reading and apply it to your life. Then tell yourself, if I'm not reading 15 chapters a day, I'm not a very good Christian. Don't bring religion into this thing. Amen. You need to just focus on, on the Word in such a way that it's actually ministering to you and building you up. This is going to produce the ability to stand. And then number seven tonight, our divine destiny, a rich welcome into the kingdom of God, a life lived well on earth for His glory, but you're going to make it all the way so that your divine destiny is that you one day enter into His kingdom. How's that going to happen? Because you stayed with the Word of God. I'm telling you, there are Christians all over the world that are backing off of the Word of God right now. They need to hear what Peter had to say. And many are being led astray because their leaders are backing away from the Word of God. Well, we're not going to do that here, are we, church? Amen. To whom shall we go? He has the words of eternal life. And unfortunately, uh, some of the people listening to that nonsense are not going to tap into their divine destiny. Because they're going to be sidetracked. There's a very common phrase today. A lot of people will talk about this on YouTube channels and TikTok, Facebook, whatever, about deconstructing their faith. First of all, the arrogance of that statement is just off the hook. You are going to deconstruct your Christian faith because you know more than the Word of God does. And so they're systematically rejecting things they've heard all their lives and walking away from the Word of God. It's no surprise. We see people raised up in our churches all over the country. They get to a certain age and they bail on the things of God. How come? Because it was never real to them. It can be real to us and not be real to our kids or grandkids. You understand? Everybody has a Cain and Abel moment. And if God could not persuade Cain to do the right thing, don't you as parents walk around in condemnation because somebody you've tried to influence turned the other way. You pray for them, you stand for them, you keep looking for that prodigal to come back. But you have to understand, they have to make that decision to stick to the Word of God. They have to do what's right. And they will tap into their destiny. But you'll see that's a dangerous thing to tell the generation that's already getting cold towards the things of God. The word of God is irrelevant to you. I just told you all the things that God does in installing his divinity in us through the word of God. There is no other pathway for that. So what are we left with? Heathens. A generation of heathens who are deconstructing their faith because maybe they didn't like something they saw or went through. We have managed to raise up probably the most spineless generation in the history of this country. Young men came back from World War II with no VA, with no counseling, with no health care, basically, and they built this nation. You want to know how they did that? 
I've meditated on this. People like my Uncle Jocko, who's with Patton's Army, all the way from Africa, all the way into where the 101st Airborne was at the Battle of the Bulge. How in the world he survived all those battles? I don't know, but he did. He lived to be almost 90 years old. I got to thinking about that. And you know what the answer is? Yes, you know, the Lord was certainly preserving lots of them. But when they came home, they didn't sit there thinking about themselves. They went to work on behalf of other people, building things. Many of them became teachers because they wanted to influence the next generation. Many of them became contractors because they wanted to build instead of blow things up. And they literally built this nation up. Amen. So we got our work cut out for you. But you can't make anyone's decision for them. But you can say tonight, you know what? I want all the divinity God can deposit in my life now and in the future. Come on, say it. I want all the grace and peace I can have. I want all of his power and nature and character and effectiveness and standing and destiny. Amen. And how did he get it? Amen. This seemingly insignificant book, amen. Time in that will produce that divinity on the inside of you. Now, when I say that, don't say, I'm saying you are God. You're never going to be God. Amen. You're never going to be the Lord, but you are called to be divine. Understand the difference. Say it with me. I am what he says I am. I have what he says I have. I can do what he says I can do. Now, this nation needs help. And many of the solutions in this nation are going to come from people just like you. Can you receive that? Raise your hand and say, I receive that in Jesus' name. Well, the experts and the politicians have had control of things all these years and not much has been done in so many areas. God's going to raise up people just like you to impart wisdom to people. You should know better. Amen. Glory to God. Say it. I volunteer. Why? You have divinity operating on the inside of you. Amen. I'm glad that you're sticking to the word of God. Amen. I'm not looking to deconstruct my faith. I'm, I'm looking to build my faith. Amen. Expand my faith. Develop my faith so I can do something great for God. Amen. And like you, this, this situation in Texas... Um, I, I said this several years ago. We, and within 45 minutes, our community has had two shootings, one in Paducah, one in Marshall County. And I said this uh, publicly from the pulpit, that there needs to be a strategy for protecting our children that does not involve the old knee-jerk reaction where there is a shooting and then there's thoughts and prayers and then there's calls for gun control and then nothing happens. Another batch of kids are killed. Just since Columbine, there have been uh, over 300 kids killed, about 485 injured on top of that. Just since Columbine. And uh, I sit back and I say to myself, you know, this really isn't that comp complicated. If I go into a bank, there's going to be somebody there armed to protect that money. And if you don't think Fort Knox is protected, just take a trip there sometime and you'll find out real quickly how much it's protected. When you see a Brinks truck, there's always somebody, what, riding shotgun in the back, armed to protect the valuables. Can you tell me in this church if anything is more valuable than those precious souls in our classrooms? Nothing. 
and yet they'd rather play politics with it. And the solution is very, very simple. In our community right now and all over the country, we have retired military and peace officers who know how to handle their peace. Their peace. They know how to handle their, their handguns and protect the children. And they would do it as volunteers. If somebody just had a clue and would come up with that idea and run with it. We have cheerleading boosters. Well, I think that's great. We have football boosters. That's wonderful. We have band boosters. That's marvelous. We need security boosters in our schools, and we need them right now. Amen? What do cheerleading boosters do? Make sure that the girls have nice uniforms. That's important. But a child not being shot to death in a classroom is more important. I'm so happy that they've got funds for traveling for the football team and for nice uniforms and all the protective equipment. That's great, but we need to be protecting the kids. And I think it's fine and dandy, you know, that we have band boosters. Kelly was a band booster, eh, man? She got run over by a prop one time up there in, uh, near Louisville. <laughs> they still laugh about that today. That's great. Somebody's got to move the props. Somebody's got to raise money for uniforms. That's great. But how in the world can we have boosters for everything in the school and not have security for these kids? I've talked to military I've talked to retired peace officers. They would jump at the chance to go through vetting and training, amen, and assignment to protect kids. And they're in every community in our nation. But our people would rather blame an instrument of death instead of the people who are pulling the trigger. Now watch this. Locked doors are great. And, and trust me when I say this, that there was a church administrator, uh, not a church administrator, but a school administrator that was in our church at that time and hated everything I just said to you. Because when you imply something like that could be done better, sometimes pride gets in the way. We don't have any room for pride for our kids need to be protected. We need to just throw our pride on the floor and say, let's just fix this thing. Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, they locked the doors and some put in metal detectors and... You know, they have resource officers. Uh, right now, if there's a resource officer down that hall and somebody busted in here, what's going to happen is this thing will be over in 25, 30 seconds. They can't be everywhere. But what if I put a retired airborne soldier, amen, and a, and a retired Chicago PD officer, or Detroit, and I cover every hallway in Callaway County High School. And somebody comes in, that it's either going to be deterred or neutralized very, very quickly. This seems so simple to me. Amen. And costs what? Let the resource officer be the one that vets and trains and supervises the volunteers in the schools. I promise you shootings will go down to a dribble in this country. And are the kids worth it? Yes. Do they deserve to live past the fourth grade? Yes. Yeah. Amen. The spirit of Cain will do anything it can to destroy our kids. Guns are just one option. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, so what do you do? You pray and you raise your voice. Be willing to offend people to speak up. Amen. Glory to God. Um, what I'm saying to you is with the divine wisdom of God, you're going to solve problems in your field. 
Say it with me. I have the mind of Christ. I'm going to fix things. I'm going to solve things. I'm going to get things done. In Jesus' name. Amen. And I'm not expecting a call from the superintendent anytime soon. Amen. But what if somebody started it? What if somebody started a national, amen, security booster association? Started with their school. Amen. And use that thing as a launch pad for the rest of the country. Amen. Can anything good come out of Callaway County? Amen. Glory to God. Because one single resource officer cannot cover the entire campus, himself or herself. Not going to happen. Amen. And I don't believe that it, the right mentality is, well, the chances of our school being hit are statistically small. Well, tell that to the people down there in Paducah, at Heath. And tell that to the people of Marshall County. The better mindset is to say, you know what? We're going to completely mitigate the possibility. And if somebody tries it, there's going to be consequences for it. Amen? Guns and schools, they're already there. In the same period of time, about 20 years, there have been 3,400 guns confiscated in public schools. Most of that you never heard about. Amen? I want to encourage you, uh, when, when the world and even part of the church moves away from the Word of God, you dig in your heels like you never have before. Say it with me. I am unashamed, I am unashamed of, the gospel, of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to them that believe. Say it. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I am one of them radicals. I'm a word person. Come on, shout out. I'm a word person. I'm sticking to the word. In Jesus' name. Come on, give him a hand clap and thank the Lord tonight. Bless him.